The QB decision looms for the Minnesota Vikings, but what do we actually want them to do? Welcome to the Locked On Vikings podcast. You liked it on 3 1, 2, 3, you liked it! You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to the Locked On Vikings podcast, where we are always trying to learn something new. It's part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thank you so much to those of you who listen to this show every single day. My hashtag everydayers. I appreciate y'all so very much. You make this show go. If you are new here, hello, what's up? Welcome. My name is Luke. You can find the show wherever you find your favorite podcast, anywhere where you listen to podcasts, including the SiriusXM app, where you can also find hometown broadcasts of any sports team. Just search out the name. You can also find this show on YouTube or on Amazon Fire and Roku if you download the Locked On Minnesota Sports app. Here's the rub. I'm going to say this right from the get-go. I don't want you to just take my opinion. I'm going to share it. You get to, that's what the show is going to be. I'm going to share my opinion on what the Vikings should do at the quarterback position as this decision kind of looms. Um, it's coming up soon. Whether that, I mean, the latest it can be with Kirk Cousins, at least, is March 11th, I think, or March 13th or whatever the actual exact day is. Uh, I, I don't know if it's tampering or um, like beginning of the league year, but that's when his contract voids out. So they have to have decided one way or another by then or the decision gets made for them. But they also have that same dynamic with Daniil Hunter. And as of uh, this weekend's renegotiation, Marcus Davenport. So to negotiate those deals, if they even want to, but to negotiate those deals, that's also going to take some time and they need Kirk Cousins to be done first. That is the reporting. Kirk Cousins is the first domino. Everything else follows. So we're sort of getting down to time here and the combine is, is coming up soon and the NFL combine, because it's sort of NFL, uh, a who's who con, um, a, a lot of stuff tends to get done there. Agents and GMs are all in the same rooms and stuff. So that's where a lot of those things do just for convenience reasons. So it's, it's coming. So as we sort of sit and wait to learn more about where all these situations are at, um, we got to think what we want the Vikings to do. I think that there are two viable options here. Um, and they've been kind of narrowed down. There is the option of re-signing Kirk Cousins. And we found out this uh, this weekend, thanks to Monday morning quarterback Albert Breer, uh, that the Vikings are not going to give Kirk Cousins a fully guaranteed deal. Talked about that a whole bunch on Monday or um, on yesterday's show. They're not going to, to give him a fully guaranteed deal. So the idea of let's give Kirk Cousins like a three year, let's super commit to him. He's our guy. He's our super Kirk, Captain Kirk kind of thing. A lot of people want that. That's not happening. That Those people lose. Go home. <laughs> but also the so, so we're kind of down to a sort of bridge thing with Kirk Cousins where you give him like a one year deal and maybe it's a little cheaper and you draft a guy and he develops for a year and you go with one more with Kirk. But if he's hurt, he's not very good. Maybe the rookie's good and you kind of hedge your bet that way. Or you let Kirk Cousins walk and you just take your chances. These are basically our options, right? Um, and letting Kirk walk and taking your chances, well, there's a whole bunch of different things you can do there. You can try to be the team that gets Russell Wilson if Denver cuts him cuts him like they're expected to. Uh, you can be you can kind of take a, a year off and say, let's just be a Sam Darnold team this year and kind of not do anything and 
you know, wait for for a better draft pick or something like that. You could go in and be really aggressive in the draft. Um, there are six draft quarterbacks that are uh viable at least talked about at certain times as first rounders or call them top 50 guys we'll say because i think a couple of these guys nobody really sees as first rounders anymore but they're top 50 players or they should go in the top 50 and you know you go take your chances on one of those the vikings pick 11th there are many quarterback needy teams ahead of them we got to figure that out right so you take your chances and i think though the world that everybody really really fears is that you let kirk cousins walk he goes and becomes a stealer or whatever, and you get into the draft, and quarterbacks go one, two, three, four, and you don't get to trade up because the Falcons traded up to four and took a quarterback. Like, that's that's the nightmare scenario, right? And I actually went over the nightmare scenario, and what do you do in that situation? How can you live, right? And in that situation, you're either trying to say, all right, let's go get Russell Wilson so that we can at least lie through our teeth and pretend we're, we're, we're trying to compete right now so that it doesn't look like we're just like producers style money laundering. Or you just say, you know what? All right, fine. Jaron Hall, this is your year. Let's go do a Debbie year for Jaron Hall. And hey, if it sucks, at least we pick second. Um, that's the nightmare scenario. But you risk that scenario. So that's the risk, right? That's the the, the, the potential cost, that's all risk is, is costs that are only potential costs. Um, and then the reward is, well, now you can go get your young quarterback, right? And you don't have the big contract on the books. You've got some dead money and then it's over. Um, and, you know, you've got a young quarterback that you can develop and we get to move on to the next chapter here, right? And move the Kirk Cousins 500 every year chapter behind us. And look, you're moving on one way or another, right? Fast forward three years. If you don't want to deal with this, you can fast forward three years. Somebody else will be the quarterback, right? Because at that point, Kirk Cousins will be too old. Um, and it's just a matter of trying to, you know, time your punch. So what do we actually want the Vikings to do? And I think you have to kind of look at this and address the elephant in the room, which is if you let Kirk Cousins walk and he goes and becomes a stealer or whatever, you may lose out on quarterbacks in the draft depending on how many you like, right? Depending on how many you think can be the guy, can be the franchise quarterback, however you want to define that. How many of those quarterbacks fit that definition, right? Caleb Williams and Drake May are going one, two, and everybody's really excited about them. But what about the other guys? Jaden Daniels, J.J. McCarthy, Michael Penix, Bo Nix. To me, those are the big six. And of those big six, those are the guys that I would anticipate going in like the top 50, say. How many of those would you be happy if the Vikings drafted? And I think your answer to that question will tell you a lot about how comfortable you can be letting Kirk Cousins walk. For me, that answer is four. Uh, I've gone over those guys at length on this show. If you uh, want more in-depth stuff on what I think about Caleb Williams or Drake May or Penix or whatever, you can find it elsewhere on Locked On Vikings. Or you can go to patreon.com slash NFL, where I've done video breakdowns of all of those guys, except Bo Nix, which is coming soon. Um, so... Knowing that, I, I've got four. They are Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels, and J.J. McCarthy. All right? I like them. I like those four guys. And you, you don't have to agree with me. If you don't like J.J. McCarthy and your answer is three, that's fine. Continue onward with that in mind. So looking at the draft order, you see three teams up top that look like they're going to take a quarterback. you got the Bears. There's a lot of Caleb Williams stuff going around with them. Pencil them in, right? Uh, pencil in the Commanders for one, pencil in the Patriots for one. I know there's a lot of rumors about teams like trading down and all that stuff. You're going to see lots of smoke all year. Uh, all this like for the next two months, you're going to see a lot of that stuff. Don't pay it too much mind. Uh, 
then you've got the Falcons who have, you know, Desmond Ritter and are they going to stick with him? And they've got a whole thing. You got kind of a similar deal with the Bears and Fields and maybe Fields ends up on the Commanders, right? And it kind of still knocks one of those teams out or something like that. There's all kinds of different permutations. But the Vikings need to leapfrog the Falcons to get a quarterback. That feels doable. They pick three spots ahead of the Vikings. Like, that feels like not that crazy of a thing to do. Considering how aggressive Kwesi Adolfo was last year in trying to get a quarterback, he was ready to sell everything to move up 20 spots in the draft. So moving up eight doesn't feel, doesn't feel that hard at all. So I feel comfortable letting Kirk Cousins walk because I like enough of these rookie quarterbacks. Uh, in terms of if they ended up on the Vikings, right? And I know it's funny to include like Caleb Williams on that list, but A, you never know, and B, it's it's good to sit in a place and kind of understand exactly how many guys can be taken and not waste your time trying to order them. Ranking quarterbacks is bad. Welcome to Lockdown Vikings. <laughs> so I, I like these guys, all right? I, I did an episode on Caleb Williams a while back. I did Drake May a good while back. I did JJ McCarthy, I think, last week. But I have not done Jaden Daniels yet. Uh, and that's what we're going to do today. It's mostly going to be a Jaden Daniels episode. But I first wanted to just kind of say that logic because I really like Jaden Daniels. I love Jaden Daniels. And because I like J.J. McCarthy enough where I think the conclusion I came to was like picking him at 11 would be kind of a reach, but I'd be okay with a reach because the alternative is going with someone like Michael Penix or Bo Nix, who I don't like as much. I see those as more second round guys. That's also an option, though, where you if if you let Kirk Cousins walk and let's say the draft board just doesn't fall your way, you know, the Cardinals just make a trade with the Falcons and, and they don't call you back. Right. And you get sniped and oh, they got went up and took J.J. McCarthy at four or whatever. Um, and you're, you're high and dry. Oh, no, we don't have a quarterback. And instead you go, all right, at 11, we'll pick, you know, insert your favorite player here. And in the second round, we'll take Michael Penix. That is definitely an option. It's one I'm pretty unexcited about, not because of the value or anything like that, but because I just don't believe in that quarterback. And I don't want a quarterback that I don't believe in to be the quarterback of the Vikings. It's, it's truly that simple. Uh, getting a quarterback that you don't believe in, but spending less on him, infinitely worse than overspending on a guy you believe in. You got to have the guy that you believe in. The actual cost of this is a footnote. I firmly believe that at quarterback and kind of exclusively quarterback, you know, I, I think the most expensive player in the league is Patrick Mahomes, right? Nobody is going to come up with an issue with that because he's totally worth it. Um, so that's the other option. I don't really love it. My option, let Kirk walk, trade up for whoever falls. And if you can trade up with New England, that's awesome. That feels a little bit like pie in the sky. So trade up with New York or Arizona or the Chargers or wh whoever in that kind of group will let you and take the quarterback right? Maybe that guy ends up being J.J. McCarthy. Maybe we trade up for J.J. McCarthy and it feels really weird to a lot of people. Um, I would call that an overspend and then I'd never mention it again because who cares if you overspend? He's your quarterback. And if he works out, then great. And if he didn't, you're not going to be any happier about it if they wait at 11 and pick him and then he doesn't work out. It's still going to suck. So it's like going to suck in a way that alters your franchise and probably gets everybody fired. Like the, the result is the same. Oh my God, who cares? <laughs> so... Here's the deal, though. The world where it goes like Caleb Williams, Drake May, and then New England says, ah, I don't know about this. And they pick like Joe Alt because like, ah, we don't really have an O-line and we don't we don't like these quarterbacks or whatever. And they pick Joe Alt and then you can trade up to four and get Jaden Daniels. To me, that's my 
dream scenario doing backflips thing. That is that is the one where I'm hooting and hollering on the live stream on Lockdown Vikings, which, by the way, on draft night, on Thursday night, day one of the draft, come over to the Lockdown Vikings YouTube channel. I will be live. You can come chat with me. That's my my dream scenario. Why is that my dream scenario, you may ask? Well, let's spend the rest of the show talking about Jaden Daniels. Today's episode of Lockdown Vikings is brought to you by FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book, and it's America's number one sports book for a very good reason, because they got all kinds of really cool uh, promos and deals and offers and stuff going on all the time. So check out the FanDuel website all the time, whether you're new or whether you've been on FanDuel for a while. Uh, if you are new, you can go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. And make any $5 bet, assuming that $5 bet wins, it can be on anything. It can be on something like if you bet on like Caleb Williams going first overall, which is like minus 4,000, you can get 150 bucks back in bonus bets, assuming that hits. Doesn't matter what the odds are, you can get 30 to 1 back on your money for placing any winning $5 bet. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Moving right along with this episode of the Locked On Vikings podcast. When you're done here, check out Locked On Minnesota Sports for a 24-7 Minnesota sports streaming channel. You can get all of the biggest stories in Minnesota sports all in one place. Just, just hammer in your earballs at all times. Who doesn't want that? Um, okay, so Jaden Daniels. I like him a lot. Here's the part where I say I don't want you to take my opinion and take it to the bank, right? But to me... He's the guy that I would be most excited to have on my team. And I know that that's super sacrilege. And I get why people are super, super excited about Williams and May and why they don't agree with me. I'm perfectly at peace with that. And I'm not going to say that those people are secretly dumb or that I'm like I'm smarter than everybody else or anything like that. No, 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 no. If you, if you are like everybody else, you have Caleb Williams first overall power to you. That's fine. I don't think that that's egregious. Um, and, and I have all three of these guys in like the same tier and the ordering of them is loose. So don't get bogged into the QB rankings at all. What I want you to instead focus on is why I feel that way. And if you just don't think that this is as important as the cool eye candy plays that Williams and May uh, make, then you just disagree with me. And that's totally fine. I'm not going to argue with you. Um, but to me, Jaden Daniels is a Sunday quarterback. What I mean by a Sunday quarterback is I see a lot more pro style stuff on his film than I see on the two other guys on Williams and May who do a lot of Saturday stuff. They do a lot of college stuff that you kind of only get away with in college. And if their game has to contract because NFL defenses sort of do that to you, I don't know if they're going to sustain the same amounts of success. That's the take in the kind of vague version of it that uh, is nice and soundbitey. But let me get into a little bit more depth here. Um, so the thing about Jaden Daniels, you have to know, if you've never watched a lick of LSU tape uh, and you don't know anything about him, he has that 65-yard rushing touchdown thing that we've seen from only a few guys coming out. We saw that thing from Anthony Richardson, and he gets a lot of comps to Anthony Richardson, which I don't think is perfectly apt, but I get where people are coming from because they both do this thing where a play will be totally busted, they'll run around a little bit, they'll find a lane, and then they'll weave in through the secondary like a punt returner and score. And it's like, oh my God, Like, how, how do you not love that guy? That's insane. It's There's this like crazy explosion. Um, I will say... I do think he uses it as a crutch in a way that I did not think Anthony Richardson used it as a crutch. I thought Anthony Richardson was actually pretty judicious about when he ran and when he didn't. And it just got so much attention when he ran that people started to think that he was a running quarterback. Um, and people will think like anytime you see some highlights of a quarterback 
scrambling for explosive gains. People are just gonna be like, ah, run first quarterback. He drops his eyes. And they're just gonna like throw out all those stereotypes for running quarterbacks. I don't think that's necessarily fair. Um, but for Jaden Daniels, you will see his eyes drop at times when I don't think that they should. And I can say that about honestly, all three of these top three quarterbacks, they all need to be able to sort of rescue their pockets a little bit better. Thing is, they all also have this like inarguable ability to convert that those situations into explosive plays where you go, yeah, all right, I guess you probably should have like hit the post there, but you scrambled for a touchdown and you like scored from 70 out. Like, how am I supposed to argue with that? <laughs> it's like kind of it's frustrating to evaluate, but certainly not frustrating if it's part of your team and you're putting seven points on the board. Um, I will say that mechanically, I loved what Jaden Daniels does when it comes to just being a pocket passer, being an in rhythm pocket passer, the way he drops back, the way that he sets his base, the way that he torques, the way that he throws is really, really, really nice. And therefore accuracy, not an issue at all for him. So if you are worried about when you talk about running quarterbacks, this is what you always get. If you're worried about contain, right? If you're worried about like, oh, they're just going to like contain him and watch him totally fall apart. This is something I'd say about Bo Nix, for example. Um, if you he loves to just scramble to the right, he almost never does to the left because he's really good at throwing on the move to his right. Not so much to the left. Um, and so whenever he sees a sign of trouble, he'll bail out of the pocket. Bo Nix will. Uh, and so, and, and if he gets out of the pocket to the right, that's kind of where he's at his best though. He's actually pretty good at those scramble drills. So if you are a defensive coordinator and you're playing a team that's starting Bo Nix, I'm having contain on the right side of the offense every single play. Cause as soon as he can't take that outlet that he's really comfortable with, he gets into really uncomfortable postures and he starts doing dumb stuff and you will run backwards and you can like really get all the worst habits in the world out of him. I kind of also think this about Caleb Williams, but people aren't ready to hear that yet. <laughs> so with, with Daniels, I don't think it's quite that as easy as containing because he can, a, he can dice you from the pocket. Uh, and he's, he does sort of use scrambling as, as a crutch. Um, but it's in a much more like minor way. And also when he does scramble, he is not looking to find a comfortable throwing platform. He's looking to gain yards. And this is really, really important thing to understand about LSU is when they did the scramble rules. If you look at other, other offenses, for example, Caleb Williams and Bo Nix, both prolific scramblers, Drake may as well, both, both very much scramblers, um, all three of them, their teams practiced conventional scramble rules work away from the defender go be friendly to the quarterback try to find find a throwing window where the quarterback can get the ball out to you lsu you block <laughs> you see that quarterback out of the pocket you're a blocker now because you know Jaden daniels wants to run and now we're going to block and that's part of why lsu had that much success i think in the nfl you can probably do it's very uncommon i don't know of anybody that teaches it that way in the nfl i don't even think the ravens do and they probably got like the guy to do that with uh, but I think you kind of could like, why not? Right? Like, I feel like you could totally get away with that and take advantage of that explosive potential. Um, but it's what he does. It's not that that excites me the most because that's the eye candy. They're explosive plays, but you can't make the whole plane out of them. How does he do on the down to down? And that's what actually excites me the most about Jaden Daniels. So let me get into some of the more subtle and, and maybe not quite as exciting, but just as important nuances of quarterbacking coming up. All right, moving on here with the Locked on Vikings podcast. Thank you so much for hanging out. So 
here is something to understand about Jaden Daniels. And maybe the, the biggest negative that you'll hear about him, because it's very, very visible, so everybody can comment on it. Like, everybody can see it. Everybody's going to comment on it, no matter how much prior knowledge you have. Uh is when Jaden Daniels is scrambling and running around, he does not protect his body. There's this huge viral thing. Uh, if you know who Kurt Benkert is, he's a former Packers, like sort of depth practice squad quarterback. He's been doing breakdowns, uh, football breakdowns online lately. And he said, wow, you know, Jaden Daniels is so good at not taking hits. And everybody just flamed him because there's a million examples of Jaden Daniels getting lit up like he's Fred freaking Flintstone. It is disgusting. Like multiple people have said he has Wile E. Coyote to his name and that these are like Looney Tunes hits. They are some Ed, Ed and Eddie nonsense. They look like they need sound effects. Um, and Jaden Daniels is a skinnier guy. So it brings up this sort of concern where you go, okay, is this guy's body going to hold up? Because he doesn't slide when he scrambles and he doesn't take care of that. And he, it's not like he's, you know, Cam Newton running around with the frame to handle those hits, right? Is he just going to break in half? It's, I think, uh, it helps a lot to assuage those concerns that he doesn't have a significant injury history at all. He had a minor ankle thing two years ago. He had a concussion in 2023 that um, wasn't, that didn't keep him out for too long. It was fine. Uh, he does not have a, you know, a history of a bunch of AC. It's not like Michael Penix, right? Where you're going like injuries are like a real part of his analysis. No, he's got as normal of inju an injury history. You know, any college football player can expect to get banged up here and there. Um, so that helps, but it's still like, man, I don't know. Like you're just going to get lit up by Harrison Smith running around like that. And you're not going to slide. Um, the other thing is it's not that hard to teach a quarterback to slide. You just need to kind of get the mentality of protecting yourself into him and say like, dude, you are the franchise get on the ground and don't take those hits. Um, and I think that's, that's something that you can build over time. Um, the thing about it though, is that when he is in the pocket, the mentality is different and he almost is trying to protect himself too much. Uh, when, when somebody is just coming to, to light him up as he throws, he will physically shy away from that throw. Like his shoulders will get away from him. And now suddenly he's not doing all of those really super fine-tuned and, and you know, well-rehearsed muscle memory things that a quarterback will do on all of his throws that we've been talking about with, you know, biomechanics and all this stuff. We've been doing a ton of this on this show. If you haven't listened, I mean, go, go back and listen to some of them and you'll be able to talk circles around your friends. I'll tell you that much. Um... But, you know, you're, you want your shoulders to come through a certain way. You want your elbow to come through a certain way. And when you're throwing and then kind of shying away from it, you're closing yourself off and you're going to, and that leads to probably the most misses. Like I would say that's the most common cause of Jaden Daniels misses is that he's shying away from contact, which is very funny for a guy that like two reps later will go into a scramble drill and take on a guy a hundred pounds heavier than him, like head on and, and just get like folded in half like a table. Um, I don't really get it. Like, I don't really get why you see it one way and, and you know, it, it like it's competing mentalities, but it's there. And I think it is, you know, once you're scrambling, you're just hooping and you're sort of still in your like dialed in thought mode when you're in the pocket. So maybe it's just kind of two different moods. Um, but it's definitely something that you need to sort of square away, uh, if you want to really like optimize his game. Um, that said, I really like the way that he thinks in the pocket. And this is a very debatable thing. It's a very subjective thing because you can't exactly read minds, right? But you can sort of, I think you can read intention. And what I see with um, with with Daniels when he is throwing down the field 
especially when he is throwing more pro style concepts, you know, backside posts on quarters and digs and stuff like that. Corner routes against cover too, like the kind of things you're going to see in the NFL. He is very disciplined about throwing against defenders rather than throwing to receivers. This is a young quarterback thing that you'll see all the time where they will be throwing to, this is, again, this is something that I actually have as a kind of a, like a critique of Caleb Williams when he's on his scramble drills, but the world isn't ready to hear this. Um, when Caleb Williams is on a scramble drill, he is seeing receivers and their separation from their defenders, but he is throwing two receivers. He is not seeing every defender in the world, and you'll see some hideous interceptions in particular against Notre Dame where he just won't see guys. Um, and it, like, if you just look at a compilation of Caleb Williams interceptions, if you wanted to be like super bad faith about it and do that, you'll see a lot of them where he just doesn't see guys. He just doesn't see defenders because he's looking at receivers. He's watching those concepts. He's waiting for them to break and he's maybe throwing with anticipation. He's leading them properly. He's throwing accurately. That's all very, very good. We love that. But you're going to get turned over sometimes by a defender that you just did not see coming and you're going to throw really, really nasty interceptions like he threw a couple against Notre Dame and stuff. As opposed to to that, as opposed to Caleb Williams, Jaden Daniels will throw against defenders and he will trust his wide receivers, many of whom will get drafted, to sort of chase those balls down and get to where those receivers need to go. And he he, you know, if he's throwing against two safeties, he'll throw it not where the receiver is, who may be closer to one of those safeties than the other, and that might be bringing that safety into the play. No, he's going to throw between those two safeties, and the receiver can go get it. That's always going to be a safer way to go, and that's very much an NFL way to throw. So a polished pocket passer that throws against defenders that can see complexities in, in, in the defense. Um, you can see you know guys try to get him with, with ro rotated coverages, and then they don't get him. Um, you can see him get the ball out in rhythm. Uh, you can see what is rehearsed. He's an older prospect. So you would kind of expect and hope to see all of this stuff, but it's nice with older prospects to say, you got that much less to fix. I've got this sliding issue. I've got this contact issue, but otherwise you're out the box and you're ready to go. I love that. I think that that always has a better chance to succeed in the NFL. And when we get into draft time, I think some of the biggest mistakes, at least that I have made in the past in terms of the draft and I think this is true for a lot of you, is you get really excited about the potential of a player without understanding exactly the work you got to go through to get to that potential, right? You get very excited about the ingredients, but can you bake it? Can you cook it? Um, and some of these guys you can't cook, right? Some of these guys have all the, the, the length and athleticism in the world, but you've got to build a game from the ground up and you don't necessarily have the ability to do that. I'm thinking about somebody like Mike Kosicki, right? Mike Kosicki, super sick athlete, super great receiver. Gosh, if you could just teach him to block from the ground up, if you could just teach him half of his job, he'll be this great tight end and he turns into a first round tight end, right? That didn't work out. He's now on his second team, probably going to his third um, in, in free agency because that couldn't be built from scratch in the way that you would have hoped for a first-round pick. So that didn't get there. Um, you can say this about a million, uh, you know, hyper-athletic prospects that just, like, did not work out. Um, and with Daniels, there is, like, the floor is very high. The floor is this guy can be your franchise quarterback, right? Like, that is the, as long as he stays healthy and this contact thing doesn't kill him, and he doesn't get like even further, even more scared of um, of of contact because of like bad O line play or something like that. Which hey, 
Vikings have had some pretty good pass protection in the last like year and a half. So, Hey, we'll, we'll take that. Right. But, um, assuming that he doesn't, you know, go through the college to NFL transition slump that robs many a plenty good college player of their career, then we got something that we can be pretty excited about right out the box. And while there's ways to optimize it, we have this crazy explosive potential. He throws a beautiful fade, like a beautiful go ball. A, a, a disproportionate amount of his production is from fades, uh, which might concern you if he didn't have other examples of other things. But I think that was just like, we really like throwing these to, uh, what's his name? Something Thomas, Brian something. Was it, is it Brian Thomas and uh, Malik Neighbors? Like we just like throwing fades to these guys. Uh, that's That's no crime, right? And when he was asked to do other stuff, he could do other stuff. Uh, so I wouldn't, I, I would caution you against getting bogged down too much in that. Um, it's great to raise a question, but I feel like we can answer the question and be fine with the answer. So I really like him. I think he's a pro style quarterback with, uh, you know, that, that exciting young QB athleticism and explosiveness that you get with some of these guys coming out, like pocket passer that can house it from 70 with his legs. What's what do you mean this guy's going third overall, right? Like, I don't know. That's where I feel. If y'all disagree, that's fine. If it doesn't end up that way, if, if Drake May and Caleb Williams end up as way better quarterbacks than Jaden Daniels, that's fine too. We'll find a way to learn from it because we are always trying to learn something new here on the Locked On Vikings podcast. Uh, almost certainly doing D-line stuff tomorrow if or maybe pre-snap reads. It depends. Uh, whatever. It'll, we'll see how I feel. Talk to you tomorrow. And as always, skull.